Howdy, my name is Robert Hoffman. My name is Chris Panico. And this is No Nonsense Storytime, your favorite podcast about your favorite kids' books, where your two favorite podcasters take them and pull them apart and get rid of all the nonsense and come up with a new moral. Yeah, that's us. That's what we do. And we're going to do it tonight. Yep. And what book are we doing? We are doing Jumanji by Chris Van Allsburg. Mm-hmm. Now, Bobby, how much do you know about Chris Van Allsburg? Nothing. Ah, what a surprise. Yeah, it's not a surprise, because we just <laughs> we just recorded the intro to this podcast, and we had to delete it, yeah. <laughs> because we said, we said something wrong. Bobby just himself. Yeah. Uh, yep, so I'm just going to embarrass myself again now. I didn't do any research on anything about the guy. Just go ahead. You, Chris Van Allsburg, tell me. Tell okay. me something about him. Um, well, he grew up in the Midwest. Uh-huh. He moved to other places in the Midwest as a kid. He studied sculpture. Great. And then he finished his graduate studies in sculpture at the Rhode Island School of Design. And he was actually, you know, working on his career as a sculptor mm-hmm. when his wife saw his drawings, his, his freehand sketches of, like, what the sculpture should look like. She's like, that looks like really good children's book stuff. <laughs> and she gave it to a children's book publisher and... Then we got the Polar Express and um, Jumanji. That's uh, that's actually a really fun story. Yeah, I want to. He's like, he just spent his whole life drawing like these amazing children's books illustrations. And he's like, ah, oh, I just I can't make sculptures. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hey, he ima- has, like this. Imagine his sculptures are just awful. <laughs> he has like this weird train with Tom Hanks on it. He's <laughs> like, I don't know what this means. It just spoke to me, and nobody could, no one could tell it's Tom Hanks. It looks like like a like a squirrel. It's not, yeah. even, it's not good at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, his wife me. discovers the his true talent in this sort of a beautiful mind scenario. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's a good movie. History. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. But tonight's not about movies. It's about books. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jumanji. I'll recap it for you. Sure. We start with um, these two little kids. Their parents go out to the opera because they lots of money and like to do fancy things. And... <sighs> While they're gone, their kids take out all their toys from all over the floor, woo, and then they're bored, uh, bored. So they go outside and they find a box. The box looks like a pretty regular board game, but it has a note on it that says, I forget exactly what it says, but you have to be careful. Yeah, it's like follow, the, follow all the distri- uh, instructions, yeah. and so once bring, you start playing, you'll never stop playing. So they bring it in, the, the brother's bored, and then they're playing, and all of these animals appear, and there's... Uh, a flood and there's a volcano yeah. and then some weird tour guide is there yeah. and then they finish the game and it goes away and then their parents come over they come back and they bring some guests and that's it that's about it you're, you're missing the part at the very end when the oh, two right. kids across the street uh, go and they have the board game and then mm-hmm. and thus the cycle continues yeah. on and on and on forever yep yep uh, I'm gonna say the moral of this story is uh, don't be reckless don't do stupid stuff. You know? Think about what you're doing before you do it. Look, if there's instructions, read the instructions. Bada bing, bada boom. Doesn't matter. Any part of life that. Look that before is. you leap. Look before you leap. There we go. The moral of Jumanji is look before you leap. Or at least that's the intended moral by the author as, as seen from uh, our nonsensical worldview that we are going to crush in the yes. course of this podcast. Yes. So let's talk about setting. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything for setting? Here, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. They live somewhere where lions are weird to see. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's definitely That's true. about all I got. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm pretty certain that they live in England. You think so? I'm pretty certain. 
because just the a the the style of what they're wearing looks kind of okay older English older sure. as in like twentieth century right, English right. yeah um and one thing specifically that I noted was that at the beginning the father uses the phrase quite so uh-huh. which is etymologically British sure. Um, it's definitely not an American colloquialism. Right, yeah. I barely ever say quite so. Yeah. I say it sometimes, but because I want to sound smart, which uh-huh. means I want to sound British. Right, yes. Um, it also mentions at one point that it's rather cold for November, but it's still chilly. Like, as if November's normally chilly, but it's colder than it should be, um, which implies that they are in the Northern Hemisphere. Sure, okay. So, I think... I feel pretty confident it's England. All right. I'm taking it. Cool. Cool. So, now that we've got that out of the way, why don't we dive into the actual story and where the nonsense is and what we got to dissect. Good idea. You want me to start with that? I would love it if you started. All right. So, there's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. The, the, thing, the good thing about this story is there's a lot of uh, sense around the nonsense. You know? It's the, you know, these kids, they live with their parents, their parents <coughs> go to the opera, whatever. They're by themselves, uh, which, you know, may may seem like an irresponsible move by the parents, but I feel like these kids, you know, they could take care of themselves. They, they're fast enough to run away from a lion, so they can't be that young. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> so that's fine. That's all fine and dandy. They find this box, and then they they bring it in, and they play the game. Now, there was a note left for them. That's suspicious right there. That, you know, so we got to figure out who left this note. If we're going by, you know, the original story, you'd think, well, whoever played the game last. But that's obviously not what's going on. This game was set up there for them to take, in my opinion, because, look, they bring the game in, and then all this weird stuff happens. So somebody's making that happen, you know? Correct. Whether or not there's actually a lion in there, we will discuss. Oh, But okay. either way... Somebody has done that. It's not the actual game doing this, which means this is all a setup. Uh-huh. So somebody put that game there, okay. waiting for somebody, perhaps specifically these kids, to take it so that they could put forward all of this weird stuff that's going to happen. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I got so far. So I want I want to figure that out. We got to figure out, A, who put this game there, mm-hmm. B, why they put this game here, and see how they're accomplishing all this weird stuff that's going on. Okay. Do Do you have an idea about that? I have a few ideas. Right. Uh, I want to hear your ideas before I give you mine. Well, let's let's hear your ideas first, because I asked the question. I've been talking okay. for a while. Okay, that's fair. I want to hear. Fair. Let's give everyone something fresh. Mm-hmm. So, and you start with whichever one you want, whichever one you feel most comfortable with. So here's what I think. I do think that those animals are actually there. Okay. I do think that they're real. And I disagree a little bit with what you said about the game not doing it. I think the game actually does have, like, something to do with what's happening. Mm-hmm. What yeah, it, I mean, it would have to, because there's no... Unless there's somebody who snuck into the house and is just watching through a, you know, like a pair of binoculars where they're landing and stuff, there's got to be some sort of... Right. Some kind of trigger connection. mechanism. Something going on. Trigger. I'm, in, I'm glad that you said trigger, because yeah. that's exactly what I think it is. They mention, in, in this book, they mention the zoo a couple times. Kids mention, let's call the zoo and get the animals. It's, yeah. 
It's kind of ironic that they would say that, Bobby, when they themselves are in a zoo. They live in a zoo? A zoo, but not the kind of zoo that you think of. This entire um, setting that we're looking at is actually a zoo for aliens. That's this. It's an aliens zoo. It's an alien zoo the, of Earth, of Earth. And here's here's what okay. is happening. Right. Here's okay. what's happening. Um, the board game is is an old fashioned um, controller for like all the exhibits. Okay. And what happens is when the kids put their piece on on each spot, it opens up a neighboring exhibit. Got it. And that would have be how the lion got in there right. and that would be how the tour guide got in there mm-hmm. um i don't know what exhibit the tour guide right that one that that one is i'm having a little trouble yeah um, well i'm not gonna pretend i know what aliens want to see at the zoo you know right My, they've got probably weird interests that are alien to me right nice one. Oh my gosh i'm nice. so funny and smart High five thank you now, the humans that we see, mm-hmm. two kids, their parents, their friends, they're like their own small isolated exhibit. Cool, yeah. And then there are animal oh, yeah, exhibits too. So like they just go in and out. And at the end, when you get to Jumanji, that just closes all of the exhibits. Yep. So I would, all right, I'm going to say that these exhibits are huge. They yes. got to be super big because these parents seem, you know, none the wiser to what's going on. They're going to the opera. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a lot going on in these exhibits. They're probably humongous. Yeah. Um probably big enough for people to not realize that they're in an exhibit. Sort of like a right. simulation. Right. It could even be an entire planet. It could be a planet. It I mean it could like be Earth right now. Yeah. It could be what we're living right now. Yeah. In the alien zoo of Earth. Yeah. It's there's like this whole theory about um comparing us to ants next to a highway where all of this stuff is happening that they don't know anything right about. yeah like we could be in that same situation right, and we just can't even begin to process the real big picture situation exactly so that could True. be the deal here could be um okay so the parents leave how do they get this uh controller if we call it that and why is there a note on it that's that's what's not adding up for me well, what I think is it was originally lost in the exhibit by the work, the alien workers at the zoo, mm-hmm. um, and humans found it, and over the course of, so on each space it says there's a message. Right. Which I read as a message that was written on each space. Okay. And I think what happened is over the course of time of people finding this and playing it, they like figured out the rules of it right figured out what would happen when you landed on that space yeah so they they would write it down so that they would remember maybe it got Mm. lost eventually it turned into this thing that people started getting rid of right and somebody along the way turned it into a game they added some dice in there they added Mm -hmm. these little pieces that and you know they added like a start spot and an end spot right i'm not sure why someone would do that i well here's what i'm thinking you're thinking in the point of view of the aliens, but think right now. You went outside and you found this contraption that looked enough like a board game mm-hmm. to you, to your understanding of what things are and what things exist. You see, it looks sort of like a board game. It's just unmarked. It's like a board, mm-hmm. um, and it's got these spaces on it. They're not, they're not really buttons, but if you touch them, stuff happens. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe you're going to come to, I mean, you're going to come to some conclusion, and that conclusion might reasonably be, if it looks enough like a board game, this is some type of board game that somebody didn't finish that has magical powers. Mm, okay. So what I'm going to do, if I am a very adventurous person, I'm going to, you know, take that board game and make something happen with it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm going to I'm going to try it out enough that I find out what all these things do and then I'm going to say, "Okay, these are the rules they forgot to put in place." Bada bing bada boom. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. That makes yep. a lot of sense. But I'm curious about what your ideas here are. Uh, I don't want to detract too much from where we're going. Uh, you know, I don't want to backpedal too much. Okay. I will say that I think a juicy little bit to add on here is I think so, okay, there's two ways to look at this. When the parents come home, there's a very interesting part of the, the book, a very interesting scene that happens where, what are the, don't worry about that, what are the <laughs> names of the the kids that they see outside? Walter, Walter and Danny. Walter and Danny. Good old Walter and Danny. Right. And their mom says of Walter and Danny that they never follow rules to games. They never bother to read the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says this while looking out the window at them carrying a game that had a note on it that said to specifically read the instructions. Mm -hmm. What that tells me is that this woman found this game, Mm -hmm. or rather found this unmarked board, said, wow, this is very dangerous. I'm going to teach my irresponsible kids a lesson (laughs) by turning it into a fun-looking board game. And writing a note to test them so that when they do not accept the instructions as I've written them, they learn that those instructions are actually uh, worth reading, worth taking note of. Oh, that's really funny. That's what's happening. It's parenting. It's parenting. (laughs) Yep. In this uh, alien zoo. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense because she knows that when you finish the game, everything goes away. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She knows that no harm will actually be done. Well, I mean, well, if they finish the game before a lion eats the them. Game. Right, so could, the lion could actually eat them, right? Yeah, I mean, if we're assuming it's an alien zoo, then that's yeah. for real a lion, you know? That's right. an actual lion that's hungry. I mean, maybe hungry. That's being yeah. led into their enclosure, and, you know. So this is like a bold move. Yeah. This is a bold move. As, you know, I don't want to be too bold, but she's a very bad parent. <laughs> she's, uh, you know, doing something there's, incredibly dangerous, and yeah, there's a lot of bad parenting going on in this in this book, mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah, yeah, that's what this book's that about. It's about, about parenting. It's about parenting. Yeah, you know, the alien zoo is just sort of like an interesting setting, but yeah, it's a, it's just a, a thinly veiled how not to parent guide. I get that. Yeah, that's cool. So, should we discuss the the outer part of this? Everything going on with the aliens? Um, let's. Uh, well, we still have a few more things on the inner part here, which uh, will lead us into the outer part. Okay. Uh, so you know we have all these things going on. So what's what's going on with the the storm, the volcano? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, those things, and then at the end, how do they all just randomly go away? I guess the aliens have some sort of technology that can just zap everything back where it's supposed to go. That's an easy explanation, mm-hmm. right? And we 
can always fall back on that if we have to. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Are they exhibits? Are they exhibits of these these um extreme weather scenarios? That that's a thing that could exist. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I got it. Okay. Lay it on me. It's not itself an exhibit. So some of the spaces on this game board, you know, so called game board, some of the spaces on this controller, some of the buttons are not pathways between exhibits like the lion one is. Which I imagine just sort of, you know, does some sort of molecular transportation thing to get the lion to the site of the game board. Yeah, this is like a multi-dimensional right. kind of zoo. So it's I'm not thinking like what we imagine. This zoo. controller would belong to somebody who holds it, presses a button, zap, there's the lion. You know, rather than, exactly. like, so I could feed the lion right here. Rather than going into this dangerous enclosure, mm-hmm. I can put the lion where I want it, where the food is, and be safe. I think that's what that's for. Correct. So what I think these weather things are for, you take that to the enclosure, you press a button, and it's like a climate machine. It gives these animals, humans, the climates that they would experience on their home planet. I get that. Yep. I get that. It's kind of shoddy. It's not, it doesn't have all of them. Well, some of those combos are going to make sense. It, it right? might. They don't land on all the spaces. That's true. That's so, okay, good point. Good point. It lets you mix and match. Yeah. Create your own earth. Right. Create your own earth. Like a like a ice cream bar. Maybe this isn't even a zoo. Maybe this is just what alien children play with. Maybe. Or something. Ooh. You know. Maybe this is something that everybody has in their alien home. Yeah, like a children's alien book. Mm-hmm. An alien yeah. Children's book. It's just sort of like a home theater where you create your own human world and watch them interact and and live life. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Sort of like ants ants on a highway, like how people have ant farms in their house. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. And so so in that case, it wouldn't actually pose any danger to the kids. Not necessarily. As long as whoever's watching has a controller and is going to stop it at the right, right. time. Right. Unless the... Yeah, I mean, the lion might not be real at all. It could just be uh, sort yeah. of like a... A projection. Yeah, like a but, projected lion or something. I definitely like to think that it's real. I think it's I real, too, consider yeah. Consider it part of an exhibit. Um, yeah. I think I think real. I think so, too, yeah. Okay, so they're in a zoo. This is a kid's toy. Or are they still in a zoo? Uh, they're, away from the zoo? They're, they're, in some, they're in some sort of uh, alien enclosure being watched. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think that's the important thing. It is. It is. Which begs the question, like... How long have these aliens been here? What are they doing? What do they want? <sighs> That's a good question. If they can hear us, they should tell us. And they should leave a review as well. Yes. Yeah, if you're an alien um, with your own sort of personal, uh, fun little human trap contraption, human farm, and we're living in it, creating a podcast, uh, leave a review, you know? Yeah. Rate us. Uh, tell your friends, your alien friends. Do aliens listen to podcasts? Maybe. Probably. I bet they do. Probably. Something like a podcast. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting audience to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of market towards the alien overlords that watch <laughs> over our uh, <laughs> virtual Earth. <laughs> if and when. I wonder if Facebook has like sort of a demographic uh, mm. thing. If and when that ever happens, that will become a thing. <laughs> we'll start creating products. Oh my where gosh. Aliens will be unable to escape you, capitalism. Yeah, you will not 
<laughs> Once we discover that aliens are watching us, controlling our every move, that's the only thing that marketing will go towards. Aliens. Is trying to please the alien overlords so they do not kill us instantly. I think it will be to trying to dupe the alien overlords so we can... I mean, it'll become them. that. It'll become that eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, the, you know, the first, like, instant reaction will be all the people who have, like, backgrounds in advertising, their salaries are going way up and they're getting yeah. switched over to <laughs> one specific job. And it's, please, please save Colgate from the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my, I'm, please, please let these aliens have teeth that they need to brush. <laughs> but not eat us with. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I feel like we got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, nailed, we nailed that down. Yeah. What, uh, so knowing everything about the aliens and mm. these devices, what, what, what is the real moral of this Oh, story? easy. <laughs> Don't make dangerous parenting decisions. I think that's good. Be a good that's parent. That's number one. Yeah. Yeah. Be a good parent. Um, second moral, if you're an alien and you're watching this, please don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think we've done anything to incur their wrath. Uh, we did laugh at their expense for a while there. A little bit. A little bit. Well, not really at their expense. Just at, um, yeah. Their so existence. I, the fact that I just said that, that I just said we laughed at the alien's expense, that's it. We're making it worse. That's doom. That's my ticket out of here. We're definitely making it worse. It's me. I'm doomed. Just like Colgate. What do you, uh, do you have any other thing to add for the moral? Um, cheat. Cheat. If they cheated in the board game, it would have finished it much quicker. Right, exactly. It's, yeah, the board game goes until you reach the end space. But they right. could have rolled the dice, got whatever number, and just put their right. It's a, on the end it's space. A, it's like a controller. All you have to do to turn everything off is right. click Jumanji. Just cheat. Yeah, so... What Jumanji means, like... Stop in an alien language. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it does actually mean something in it. Yeah, it's like some kind of city. Yeah, I don't, city. I, I don't know if it's City of Gold. No, I forget because I think it is. that's El Dorado. I'm not, you know, Dorado, I'm not, I'm not going to just guess because I don't remember. But I did, I did look it up, uh, and that was a while ago. We haven't done a podcast for two weeks, so it's yeah, fun. yeah. So cheat, cheat. That's what I got right. Yeah, the original moral that we came up with at the beginning. Was follow the follow the directions that you're given. Mm-hmm. Really, the moral is: do not listen to the directions because they are lying to you. Yeah, do what you want. Do yeah. Do what is going to help you <laughs> specifically the most. And we teach kids. Yep, and we teach kids. Thanks for listening to No Nonsense Storytime. This has been Chris Panico. And this has been Robert Hoffman. Tune in next week as we explore Clifford the Big Red Dog by Norman Bridwell. Oh, I'm excited. Um, and that was a suggestion, by the way, sent in by James, my friend, and uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, James. If you have any suggestions, just like James, please send them to nononsensestorytime at gmail.com. Um, leave a review, leave a rating. If you have a suggestion you'd like to leave in a review, that's fine, too. A little unorthodox, but, you know, do what you do. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.